welcome back to the Cyber Sector 7 podcast. I'm Kyle Reese, your host, and on this episode we will be doing things just a little bit different. I decided to, uh, after after seeing a lot of DMs, comments, and misinformation being spread around online, I have decided to go ahead and talk about something that's very near and dear to, I think, all of us, especially in the cybersecurity and even just in general tech and computer community. Um, I'm going to be talking about... And you guessed it right, viruses and malware. Um, this is going to be a bit of a two-parter because I want to talk about phishing as well, and I want to talk about some some I reckon anti-malware and antivirus software that you can use. So uh, for the first episode, this is going to be part one. I'm going to be covering malware, and I'm also going to be covering uh, viruses and worms and the key differences and some common misconceptions that you may. Uh, here with them and people may say we've all had if you've been in the community long enough you've come across one whether you've had it yourself or you've seen it or you've known somebody that's had it we've all had contact at some point with one of these things and if you haven't had contact with any of them uh, I know you've had contact with a phishing or vishing uh scam call or whatever because you know they always call about your extended cars warranty and that's a great example of one but we'll get into that a little bit later um right now i primarily want to focus on what these things are how to distinctively tell the difference in them so we know what to look for in them and and this is one of those very basic things that a lot of you may be rolling your eyes oh my god he's really gonna talk about this this is so basic well this podcast is is meant for newer beginners and and newer members as well as you you veterans and you older guys and girls who are what you may choose to be but for it's it's meant for everyone and some episodes are about the basics and things that we need to talk about and we need everyone to understand so i may mention some things that you may not know what they are and I'll try to explain everything I can and keep it as simple as possible so anyone can understand these things so if you know anything about computers you can definitely understand these things and if there's something I talk about that may be right over your head or it may be one of those things that that I I use a word perhaps and you're like well I don't even know what that word means feel free to google it um also you can always just shoot me a DM and ask, hey, uh, you mentioned this, and you kind of brushed over it. I didn't really understand what you meant by that, and I will try my best to help you understand it. I, I don't get to all your DMs because I've got them. I, I keep on Instagram, at least. I keep them kind of muted. That's a whole other story, but I'm just being blown right now with with just scams and spams. And, and speaking of spam, a uh, little side note. Yesterday, I had a Spam and Mayonnaise and Cheese English Muffin. Very good. But anyway, I'm always hungry, as some of you may know if you've been listening to the show for a while. And you're about to find out here in a minute, as we're getting into the show, what I'm drinking today. It's definitely something that I haven't drunk on the show before. So stay tuned, because we're about to get started with the Cyber Sector 7 Podcast. Alright, this uh, this is the drink this episode, and it is not carbonated, big surprise, and it's also not alcoholic, because many of you know I am not the biggest fan of alcohol, uh, I like to drink it occasionally. Um, it's actually just a regular 
Niagara purified drinking water. So, oh, I just lost my cap. Hold on. There we go. I think I got it. Yeah, this is just a, a regular bottled water. Crazy. I never drink water. I get it all the time. Everybody's saying, you don't drink enough water. So I am I am trying. I don't have a single soda in the house. I do drink my Red Bull in the morning, though, or whatever I can get my hand on. But, but yeah, I'm just going to drink a, a, a regular, average, everyday Niagara, Niagara. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's, I think it's like Niagara Falls, I believe is what it's supposed to be like. Um, that's supposed to be what it's representing there. But anyway, I'm already a minute in, and all I've talked about is a bottle of water. So, let's get into this. We are talking about part one here, malware, the different types. Um, before I continue, uh, I might get some of this wrong, or I might not go as in-depth. So please, uh, if you would like to hear me go more in-depth on something, or if I say something wrong, let me know. I will correct myself. And and I, this is a community, guys. I always preach community. So remember, a lot of these things I may be learning with you. Uh, when I was making this episode, actually... I found out something I didn't know, so that's always crazy. I'm not, I'm gonna leave it up to you what it was that I didn't know. But I like I like you guys to know I'm not perfect. I'm not an expert in this field. I, I just I'm into this field. I've been in it for a long time, so I like to talk about it and share some of this information. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and get into this malware. What? Let's go ahead and define what makes malware. That's that's important. So malware is is and I'm going to go ahead and give you Google's just straight out of the box definition for this. If you google it, this is what you're going to get and and I kind of agree with it. It says malware is a catch-all term for any type of malicious software designed to harm or exploit any programmable device, service, or network. So, essentially the term malware is malicious Software. So it's software that's on your device that's unintentional. You didn't put it there. It was it was put there maybe without you knowing or it tricked you into putting it there. And there's tons of different types of malware and they all do tons of different things. But just for uh, definitional purposes here, malware is malicious software. Software that you didn't want on your device to begin with, but now it's there, and you don't—you may not know how it got there, but it's there. Um, and it's kind of a catch-all term; it, it covers a lot. So that's why I've split up—I've uh, split some things up. Now I—I I know technically viruses and worms, and and things like that fall under malware, but I've split things up because I want to go more in depth later into viruses and worms. So when I talk about these basic types of malware that I'm about to talk about, um, I didn't include some things because I want to go more in depth on them later because there are very common misconceptions on them. So we're going to go ahead and get into things. The first type of malware that if you were alive and on a computer, now this stuff does still exist, don't get me wrong, but it was very, very uh, daunting, dangerous, and common. If you If you were on a computer, though let's say 2014, 2015, and prior, if you had a, a personal computer, uh, this type was everywhere, and it seemed like it was attached to every piece of software that you downloaded, and that's adware. Um, I'm not going to get incredibly into the legalities of adware, but essentially it was unintentional software placed on your computer to pop up tons of ads, and then the maker of that adware would draw in revenue from these companies. Now, of course, I believe that's been outlawed now. 
Uh, so you can't advertise like that. Now, that doesn't stop companies from doing it. Uh, and a lot of the ads that you see that pop up aren't even for that actual company. They just want you to click on it so they can install even more malicious content. And it's supposed to trick you into downloading it. But adware is just malware that just spews pop-up ads all the time. If you guys remember, uh, I would say, I guess back in the Windows 7 days, it was very common. Back in the Windows 7 days, back in my old Dell Windows 7 and Spiron I used to have, I actually got adware on it. I don't remember how exactly I got it, but it was back in my earlier days of computing, and I probably just downloaded something foolishly like like a young teenager did, and I got mad at adware, and it was just everywhere. Every other second, it was something that popped up, and I remember a lot of the malware looked like an antivirus. So they said, oh, this is an antivirus. And they would ask you when you're downloading something, would you like to install this as well? And usually it would be like some antivirus and then that was malware. Um, but then you'd get tons of ads all the time on your computer. It was super annoying. So you can always, a, a easy way to avoid this is an ad block for one, but also, you know, a good, an, an ad block's not gonna do everything. It usually just blocks ads on the network. Uh, if you attach it to your network, and there are ways to do that. But um, past the point here. A great way, though, is to don't download shady software, for one, and that's going to go for everything on this list. Um, and number two being just, just um, read the terms and conditions, especially when you're installing something. I know that this is from personal experience. Now, I'm sure there's a million different ways to avoid getting it, and I'm sure you guys will blow me up about that. But the way I got it was just being foolish and rushing through the installation and then accidentally leaving checked. It kind of auto-checked it. It was so stupid. It really made me mad. But, um, but reading everything when you're installing something especially now i'm not going to call anything out but we all know the places we go get uh a software and it it's kind of software is kind of sort of in the name um but that those those sources used to be so bad absolutely terrible with catching a virus and catching malware and and even even ransomware at one point and we're going to talk about that here in a minute but let's let's get let's get on to our our second second topic which is spyware. Spyware classified under malware is software on your computer that's meant to spy on you. Uh, it's meant to learn about you. It's meant to watch you. It it's sometimes it'll turn your camera on, track your keystrokes, things like that. Um but but spyware it, it can even track track your physical location. Uh, it'll pull your IP address and tons of different things. Now your IP address isn't secure unless you're going great lengths to keep it secure. But spyware tracks these sorts of things. It'll track perhaps uh, some spyware will track your GPS location, and that's very common in, in cellular devices and mobile devices. Um, but it may uh, watch you through your camera. It may it, it can do all sorts of things. But spyware in the name. Hence, it is meant to spy on you. That's what it's supposed to do. That's what it's created to do. So, if you catch spyware, a lot of times you're not going to know it. Now, that being said, they make different, and I can't name them off the top of my head, but 
they and I have my phone set to do this automatically because I, I use Graphene OS. I absolutely love it, and there are ways it can combat things like that. But it, um, it'll notify you when your microphone is on, uh, when your location's being shared, and uh, when your camera's on, and things like that. There, it there are apps you can get, and some open source projects. They're they're great though that notify you when those types of things are happening, so you know. If they're spying on you and sometimes if we're being honest even some of the social media we use can be counted as spyware because it tracks your location it's constantly sending it back maybe not to some hacker in his basement or in his house or um, a travel camper trailer like I'm in right now but it it's sending those those things and it's listening to you your echo uh your amazon echo it's always listening it's always tracking you it always has its location on so think about those things think about hey is this actually classified as spyware uh i encourage you go around look at all your apps look at all your devices check the permissions on them and and think hey would this be classified as as spyware or adware or, or any of these things we're about to talk about I encourage you to always dig further and dig deeper. And hey, if you find something interesting that's like, holy crap, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was tracking that about me. I reckon I just said okay to that and didn't even think about it. Uh, send it to me. I want to hear. I'll talk about it next episode. If I get any in this week, uh, if I get any good stories in, hey, I will shout you out. I'll talk about it because I always love sharing that stuff. It's always fun to me. Um, but the next one we're going to talk about here. And I'm, it's, it's more of a common one. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And I hear it talked about quite a bit, especially in this community. And even people that aren't even big in this community, I've heard talk about it. And that's uh, Trojans or a Trojan horse. And that's something, and it kind of goes along with what I said earlier about how it tricked, it'll trick you into downloading something. And you didn't realize you downloaded it. Um, but it's, it's kind of in the name, like the, uh, I think it was the Greek Trojan horse. I'm not. I'm not too sure about that. I'm not the huge biggest historian. I love history, but essentially it tricks you into downloading it. So it, it may tell you, hey, this is just an antivirus software. So you're like, oh, okay, it's just an antivirus software. I'll, of course I'll download that. It's, it's free. It's a good antivirus. And in reality, it's spying on you or it's, it's exploiting a, a rootkit perhaps or something like that. It's, it's exploiting something. It's, it's malware. It's, intentionally bad but it tricked you into downloading it. it 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 played on your psychology and made you think that it was good when in reality it was bad so that that's what a trojan is and trojans are commonly sent through phishing links and and phishing emails and things like that so you got to watch out for trojans i'm not going to talk too much in depth with those because there are tons of things that could be attached to a trojan but i'll, I'll go ahead and give that to you and, and kind of put that into its own subcategory here um, the next thing we're going to talk about are bots. And bots are, are very, they're interesting. They're very interesting. Um, once upon a time, uh, I'll give you an example of what, what a bot is first, and then I'll tell you a story. How about that? I think you guys, that'll, that'll be more fitting for this. So a bot, essentially, it takes control of your computer. So you may have a bot that you caught through a Trojan, and it may be a piece of malware on your computer, then you never know you had it. You caught it maybe six months ago. You never knew you had it. It's just been sitting there, idle. And what it does is, it at, at command, at whoever created the bot's command, 
it will reroute your traffic and start pinging a a maybe a website, a server, an IP address, number of it could be a number of things, but it starts pinging it, and that's called a DDoS attack, distributed denial of service. Now, a DOS attack is is just denial of service. It's where you're uh, you're pinging the same thing over and over, like the same IP address, maybe on a network, over and over and over and over and over and over again until it, it eventually overloads it. Now, most common routers, websites, networks, and things like that are completely immune to that. They're, they're built to withstand that kind of bandwidth and, and that type of, of service. So that's where DDoS was created because computers and networks started saying, oh, did, uh, DOS attacks, we can just upgrade our hardware and DOS attacks won't be good anymore. So DDoS attacks creates even more bots, essentially. Well, we used to call them zombies from, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Is it a zombie, zombie worm or zombie virus? I'm not too sure. You guys send me uh, a link to the story on that or I'll just look it up later. But uh, we used to call them zombies. But essentially bots are tons of different computers on a network or all connected together shooting all these ping requests and all these service requests to the same target over and over and over again so that way it's even more so it's hard to defend against a ddos attack because if they have enough bots they can easily knock you off so that's what a uh, a bot is it's made to take control of your computer whenever it wants to start pinging things um and so that's what a bot is and something I did way back in the day just just as a fun joke to prove to my teacher I could um, me and I'm not going to say his name, but if you're listening to this, you know who you are. Uh, me and a friend, when we were in high school, decided that we wanted to create our own DDoSing and, and bot network. To, and we were playing Kahoot. So we decided to, through Java, create an app and through Python over the network to route all the computers in the library, in our school library, together to all join the same Kahoot game when we wanted to. And we routed them all to just ping and join in and join in the request of the same Kahoot game. So anybody that was in got kicked out and then overloaded off the network. And it was tons and thousands and thousands of just randomly generated usernames popping in this this same Kahoot game. And we thought it was funny. But that's a great example of a distributed denial of service. It, it took tons of different computers that we had all connected together to overload that one target so nobody could get on and we got out of Kahoot for the day. Um, and of course, I am past the stature limitations on that, so I can talk about that. And I'm, I don't think that was illegal. I, of course, told the school and told the teacher what we were doing. So that way, you know, we could prove that, hey, uh, your network is insecure and we really need to, to work on this. And I actually, it, it had a very happy, great ending with that. Um, we had, I ended up being able to help work on the security of the school, and I, I really appreciated that. And I really, you know, that's that's a part of what we talk about. None of what we're talking about is meant to be taken maliciously and used maliciously. It's meant to improve things and work on things with other people and create communities where we can show people, hey, you know, it's not secure, it's not safe on the Internet, but here's how you can be secure, here's how you can be safe, and here's some knowledge. But essentially, that that's what we're, we're that's that's going to sum up bots for you. The next one we're going to talk about is ransomware. Ransomware, and I'm sure you've probably heard about this one in the news, especially uh, recently with the, the whole WannaCry situation, um, but essentially it encrypts your entire computer. All the files on your computer, your entire drive, everything encrypts it. 
and gives you a crypto address, usually. It says if you don't pay up, all your files will be deleted. And sometimes ransomware can be spread all across the network. Sometimes it's isolated to a certain computer. But it's meant to be taking everything, in it, like in its name, for ransom. And then once it takes it for ransom, you have to pay up or eat crack the software to get your stuff back. And it's it's very it's a very crappy thing to do. It's a very wrong thing to do. Ransomware. I don't support ransomware whatsoever. I don't think anyone here does. But it's it's it takes your computer for ransom. I'm not going to go too much in depth with that because there's a lot of politics going on with that right now, and I don't want to be shut down for just talking about it. So we're going to move on to the next one. And these are rootkits. Rootkits are. It's kind of in the name if you if you're familiar with uh, the Linux file system uh, being root the the admin user, but essentially it's a maybe a zero day um, or or a virus or a piece of malware that exploits something in your computer to get in undetected, completely undetected. You're not going to know they're there until they take control, and that hints the word the root part, the root kit. So root meaning being the admin user and kit meaning uh let's say um the process it's going to take to become root so it gets in undetected and can become root and can take control over your computer or network without being detected and it's very important to know what a root kit is because i'm sure i've talked about it a few times already the last thing though that i'm going to talk about in in the malware section of this podcast is um, crypto malware. And crypto malware, like a bot, takes control of your machine, but not to be a a distributed denial of service or or route web traffic or anything like that, but to mine crypto. And you see these, these crypto mining malware a lot, and this happened recently, and I can't remember with what company, so I'm not gonna name it. I saw it in the news recently, though, where a major tech company had had crypto mining software or crypto mining malware on their major web servers for years and didn't even know it. So it kind of mixed the rootkit there with the crypto mining uh, crypto mining malware there. And they had just been mining Bitcoin for years and routing it and then tumbling it and laundering their, their Bitcoin to get back to them for years. And they made a ton of money off of that, I'm sure. But... Yeah, crypto mining malware usually targets bigger systems. It's not usually going to target the small systems, but with enough people in that bot bot net, I guess, or that net of crypto mining malware, you're probably mining a ton every second, every day, really. So that's that's what a crypto mining malware is, though. Well, that that's gonna that's gonna wrap up uh, the the basic types of malware. We're going to go ahead and take a break here, and I'm going to go ahead and answer some questions and go over some DMs, maybe some emails. I don't think I got any emails this week, but I definitely get a lot of comments in some of my videos. So we're going to go ahead and talk about those, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, question time, or comment time, or whatever we're calling this now. Um, how about we just start calling it engagement time? What would you guys think about that? I'll put a poll on Instagram. Go ahead and leave a follow if you're not already. Uh, what you guys would like to call this weird middle part. Or if you guys still want to do it. Um, I enjoy doing it. It's one of my favorite parts. But if you guys would rather not hear it, I totally understand. I won't do it anymore. Um, 
Because, like I said, this is about you guys. But, let's see. Um, NerdyFresh08 comments, where can I get that case at? You can get this case. Uh, he's talking about my USB case that I keep all my USBs. And I think I answered this last week. But, um, you can get it at, at Walmart, actually. It's not that expensive. Um, I might leave a link for it. Or, I don't know if I can even find a link for it. I got it a while ago, and... It's, it, it was the last one they had. I haven't seen any other Walmarts with them. But yeah, I got it at Walmart. It's like 15 bucks. Super, super cheap. It's great though. Uh, the glue's kind of coming off on the inside though. So that's kind of a bummer on it. It, it really is. Um, so it's, it's definitely not made with the best quality. But it's super worth it. It really is. Because just being able to organize all of my data like that is definitely... S tier, great God mode, freaking wonderful. Uh, I got tired of keeping everything in a plastic bag. So, yeah, but you can just get that at Walmart. Let's see. Um, dot, uh, if I'm butcher butchering this, I'm so sorry. Uh, period Ishkawa comments. Okay, so what is an OSINT agent or... I know, and then he says, I know what OSINT is. Are you a skip tracer? Just asking, no hate or trolling. Uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm a skip tracer. So I do OSINT for a company, and I skip trace. So I look for individuals that are maybe skipping debt, skipping bail. There's tons of different reasons to be looking for these people. Um, and outside of work, I do it on the side. And one of the, a great, I guess, side hustle in this industry is looking for uh, missing persons. So I love looking for missing persons or people that have skipped bail, wanted people. And it's super fun. been doing it for a very long time. Or... Not compared to my age, a pretty long time. Uh, since I was roughly 15, 16 years old, I've been doing this, and uh, I'm 21 now. So, and I know I sound like just some kid, but and, and if you don't want to take me seriously, I'm sorry, but I've been doing it for quite a while now, and something I thoroughly enjoy. And skip tracing is actually probably the funnest job I've ever had, especially in and I would you if you'd consider this IT. Uh, I, I guess I'd consider it IT. It's more of investigating, but especially in, in the cyber realm, it's the funnest job I've ever had. And I was planning originally to uh, get the CompTIA certifications to go down that route, but this kind of came up while I was studying, and I was like, heck yeah, why not take these jobs? And next thing I know, I'm doing this. So I've been here quite a while, too, and I've loved the job I have. Skip tracing is super fun. And so we use OSINT and tons of different methods and databases that you have to have licenses to have access to. But those databases aren't always current, and that's where the OSINT comes in. So nine times out of ten, uh, the database's information is wrong, and I have to go do OSINT to prove that information. I can't just go by what a database pushes out, because this has to hold up in court. So I have to have tons of different stacks of evidence proving that this individual is at this location. So... It's a whole whole process, but it is really fun. It's really, really fun. And and dependent on whether I'm doing it at work or doing it at home or whatever, uh, and a lot of times if I'm doing it at home and it's, it's outside of work, I can use tons of different methods other than just the straight legal methods that I have to use at work. And I'm not breaking the law, but I'm using techniques that I wouldn't be able to use at work, like, so, like a lot of social engineering, and like I can social engineer as a skip tracer, but I can't, I, there's limits to that. There's limits to what I can and can't do. So if I'm looking for 
uh, a felon who has murdered somebody, I, of course, I can social engineer them into giving me their location so cops can go arrest them. So, yeah, I, that's what skip tracing is, and that's what I, I, I do. And it's a great, great, great job. I, I love it. And thanks for thanks for asking. Um, let's see. I, I can't pronounce that name. Comments, though, on the video that I made about learning and getting into this industry. Uh, I showed a, a short clip of my Kindle and all the PDFs I have on it. And then I say, don't pirate your books and things like that. Go ahead and support your creators. Um, I actually owned all of those books at one time. I owned all of them. And when I had bought them, I actually, over time, I, I gave them away. But I had bought all those books. And so I, I did, since I already owned a physical copy of the book, I got a PDF copy of the book, which... I, I don't think that's illegal. It may be illegal, but you know what? It, it's I owned the book at the time, and I just kept the PDF copy on my Kindle, and I, I purchased the books, though, so don't think I didn't purchase the books. Everything on there, I have purchased, and even um, if you look through, you see the PI laws and regulations on my Kindle. That I owned that book on, um, I can't remember what it was. I think it was, it was some weird, I bought it off Google Play, and it was a weird format, so I had to format it and reformat it to PDF to put it on my Kindle. And it's weird, but I do own those books. Yes, I do own all of those books. Just to get them all on the Kindle, I had to pirate a few. Because some of those books aren't on the Amazon store. So I, I had to find PDF versions of, so or convert. And so it just looks like I pirated the books. But I, I, didn't, I didn't pirate the books. Uh, here's, a, here's another one. Good little question here. Um, Wood2312 comments, and this was on a video where I was teaching how to boot off a USB and, and run tails on your on a USB, and I made a comment, here we go, I have to just spam all the F buttons until I can boot from my USB while restarting. Um, he says, just spam your BIOS while it's turning on. I eventually figured it out, um, and I don't remember what it was. That's ironic as I'm talking about it, but he asks, what time, type of Linux am I running? Usually Ubuntu on main systems, uh, but then I run Lubuntu. I run several copies of custom copies of Lubuntu at work for just different uh, and different and separate personas and sock puppets and things like that on my computer for VMs. And then uh, he says he does something very similar for work in order to run Linux on a Windows computer. Yeah, it's it's a great way to to get Linux running, especially if your work doesn't want you. Uh, changing windows on their computer so i just boot from a usb or ssd every day it it happens on a lot of times if you follow my videos especially the ones i film at work you'll see windows running and it's usually me running linux in a vm on top of windows and so that's that's how i do it but yeah i usually run ubuntu and then a, a light version of ubuntu like lubuntu if i'm making tons of, of sock puppets and separate personas and things like that well, um, that's going to wrap it up for the questions part of this week. I didn't have too much, not too many emails or anything like that. Um, I got some spam from you guys um, and a lot of you asking me to teach you. I am not going to teach you. I'm not going to open a course. Uh, if I do, it'll be innocent, but I'm not just... The way you guys are asking me to teach you is just to break the law. And I don't support breaking the law. I really don't, so... I'm not going to teach you those things. This is all white hat, and this is all for informational purposes only. But that being said, oh, my cat is clawing my knee here. Move, Linux. Go on, Linux. My cat's name is Linux. If you guys would like to see some pictures, I'll be glad to post them. But 
But yeah, I'm not going to teach you guys to just break the law. I'm just, I'm not. So stop asking. I'm tired of hearing it. It's getting annoying. But that's going to wrap up the questions this week and my engagement. Um, thank you guys, as always, for sending your stuff in. I always enjoy it. I always appreciate it. So we're going to move on and we're going to get into part two and uh, wrap this podcast up. it for the uh, final part it's not going to be as long uh, i'm already getting pretty long with this so i'm going to kind of wrap this up but we're going to talk about viruses and worms uh their differences um but mainly i want to hit this point right here if you just turn the podcast episode off right after i talk about this uh that's fine but this is something that drives me absolutely crazy and i really want to uh to break this into you guys and help you understand because it drives me crazy when I hear this. Absolutely bonkers. Um, viruses are are can be classified as malware, but it's they are not the same thing. They're very very different. That being viruses, now they may be doing the same things as spyware, adware, trojans, bots, ransomware, rootkits, cryptos, etc. But they spread, and worms spread. Viruses and worms, apart from just malware, spread to other machines. So viruses, they spread by attaching themselves to all the different files on a whatever system that they've infected. And so what, what, how they spread is, let's say uh, they, it, attaches, it attaches itself invisibly to, the, uh, to a photo. And you email that photo to your aunt because your aunt may be wanting to make a family photo album and wanting to print everything out. Well, now she has the same virus. Now, viruses can do tons of different things. Some of them are adware. Some of them are spyware, trojans. They can do all sorts of stuff. But essentially, the virus can spread like an actual virus. But it needs the user to make contact with the other machine that it spreads to. So uh, think of it like the flu. Uh, So if you just... Stay in, if you have the flu and you just stay secluded and you don't go around and touch anybody, chances are you're not going to to spread the virus you know, until you're done and you've run your symptoms, you're already over and it's not contagious anymore. So you need to isolate your system and, and things. You need to isolate your system, like I said. Uh, maybe run your antivirus or take your medication if you have the flu. Or let it run its its course, though. Uh, well, not with a computer virus, though. You don't want to let it run its course. You want to nip it in the bud, as Barney Fife would say. Nip it, nip it in the bud. Um, but yeah, that's that's what viruses are. They can spread, and they spread by contact. Worms, however, are different. And I hear a lot of people think worms and viruses are the same thing. And I hear that all the time. They're not. A worm is like a virus. It, it does spread like a virus, and, but it spreads without the user having to do anything. It kind of takes control of your machine and can spread maybe across the network, or I've even heard of some worms that go right into your email client, if you're maybe using a certain email client, and spreading the worm all across and sending it to everybody with like a, a set email on on your email list, uh, maybe spreading ev- to everybody across the network. And it's, its goal, usually, and not always, but, but usually is to 
take control of the network completely, maybe for bots or whatever its purpose may be, whatever its intended purpose is. But it's it's it wants to get into the network, it wants to get into the server and overload the server. It's meant to start shutting everything down or taking control of it for itself. And I've seen worms that go across networks and just sit there and hide and use the network as its own personal botnet. And that's that's how a lot of worms work. That's what a lot of worms do. But it, it harvests your bandwidth. So it, it that like I said, a, a great a great example for this is when it harvests your bandwidth, maybe pointing it at another network and then trying to DDoS it or whatever it could be. But a lot of times I've seen it act as a bot. It overloads the server. It, it can do tons of damage across the network. But the difference between a worm and a virus is a virus needs the user to take action. The worm does not need the user to do anything. Once you're infected, you're infected. It's over. It's it. What you need to do if you're infected, really disconnect from the network. That's important. Isolate yourself if, if you're scared that... You know, maybe it doesn't work. It's always, you know, you can always just grab the nearest object and pull that hard drive out. Just unplug the dang computer, disconnect it from the network. Uh, if it's a wireless network and you turn it on, it's automatically going to connect. Just take that machine outside of the wireless network, uh, outside of its range. Or maybe you can go into, uh, I know in some stuff you can go into the BIOS, delete the network and things like that. But uh, if you're just plug it into Ethernet, just rip the jack out the wall. Turn the computer off. It's infected. It needs to be cleansed. Um, but that's going to wrap this show up. I know uh, this section wasn't as very long, but I wanted to really touch on the differences between virus and worms. I don't know I could have spoke for a little longer there, but I wanted to touch on that and, and show you some key dif- differences. But next week, we will be talking about phishing and vishing and uh, some of my favorite ways to defend against malware and adware and worms and viruses and things like that. I'll go into my personal ways that I use to defend against that stuff. So uh, stay tuned. Stay listening to next week. Stay private. Stay secure. Stay safe. And stay hacking, my dudes. (laughs)